0: What is up everybody, welcome to what is going to be the inaugural, very first, numero uno, nameless (laughs) clinical athlete podcast with my guy, Jared Maynard. Jared, how are you doing today,
1: buddy? I'm doing amazing, man. I love hosting nameless podcasts. Completely nameless. That's it. We have zero identity right now. We zero. don't even know what we're going to do. Such an identity crisis. It, it, it's killing me inside. How long did we spend talking about about names before we started recording this?
0: Um, about a good 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. And then we decided, fuck it. Let's just go into it.
0: I'll call that a typical squat rest interval for me.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, when you've got 900 plus at the top, I feel like 10 minutes is reasonable.
0: It takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Believe you've it. Got, got some heavy breathing. You know, going up steps does the same thing. I'm a powerlifter, <laughs> okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you, you get some slack there. I mean, when it, when I squat 900, you know, 900, thousand, is every other week, I don't like to brag. But, uh, yeah, it, it takes a lot out of you, you know. It It's difficult.
0: Totally. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, I, so if, if you don't, I, don't know who I am, sorry, I'm cutting I'm cut, cut you off, Jared. I was if you just don't know who s- I am, <laughs> I am John Flagg. We are the coaches at Clinical Athlete. Uh, and Jared at Unbreakable Strength and myself at Rebuild Stronger. Yep. Jared, why are we here? What are we doing with this whole nameless podcast?
1: We're here for a couple of reasons, man. One, because you and I tend to riff off each other pretty darn well. And also, because on separate occasions, after we've had our episodes with, with particular guests from the, the main branch of the podcast, I'm talking about Matt and Susie Gary, talking about Bryce Krawcheck, talking about John Kylie, just to name a few, Mike Tashir. And it's absolutely not a complete list. But they are a few of the people that you and I have sort of gushed about after. Like, oh, my gosh, that was such a good conversation. You know, In, in seriousness, we've taken away lots of gems. We've really enjoyed those conversations as they've happened. And you can chime in, tell me what you think. But for me at least, I've come away with with some some insights both as a coach and as an athlete in terms of how to be each of those better. Um and how to how to help sort of, I don't know, blend those two perspectives to speak to both coaches and athletes because there are lots of people that wear both hats. There are lots of people that wear just one of them and clinical athlete from the start has been about blending the worlds of rehab and performance, right? And connecting people with providers and coaches who can meet those needs and help them do what they want to do, perform how they want to perform. We want this to be a very action oriented, easily digestible, hopefully fun um, in the trenches, sort of feeling podcast where it's going to be talking a lot about just the, the nitty gritty of coaching, being an athlete about how to, how to do those better um, you know, and just kind of keep it light, entertaining, engaging. And uh, hopefully at the end of these, having people walk away with at least one new thing, or maybe just a reminder of an important thing that'll help them to serve their clients better or perform better in the gym or the field or whatever it is they do.
0: And that's not to say that like, we're going to get completely away from the core of what clinical athlete stands for. Like we still want to make sure we're bringing the most up-to-date evidence-based information to every single one of you as possible. But it's that balance between science and the art of coaching that I really want to kind of touch on Uh, over the last few months. And really through the clinical athlete podcast, I've been able to interact with people that have influenced not just my career, but my life, like Brett Bartholomew, like Mike Tocher, like Matt and Susie, who've been able to make this, this spark that is, Hey, this is, this is what we're seeing when it comes to like clinical trials and papers. But then this is also how we're applying it to our athletes, how to make them better, how to, how to get them to better understand training and how we actually go about doing that in an applicable, actionable way and then where the the pitfalls of that stuff can
1: can lead. Yeah, yeah. Because with that, one thing that I tend to see a lot as I talk to to people, you know, uh, rehab professionals, coaches, I'm going to say in general ones who tend to be in the in the earlier years of their career or who are students, they've got questions around the same things that I had questions around in terms of, all right, so you've been exposed to. Uh, you know, all this, this research around, around pain, around injury, around periodization, all these, these things that we have been taught or used to think that, oh, we got that down pat. And then you get into the weeds with the research and it's like, oh, we actually don't know what we thought we knew. That leaves people in this, this gray area, this really uncomfortable gray area of like, okay, so I've read about a zillion papers on this thing. And on Monday, I still have that client in front of me. Or I got to go into the gym and I got to coach these lifters or these athletes. What do I do? How do I do this? How do I do justice to, you know, what I'm learning and what we understand currently in the research, you know, and not just default to the things that are easy to say, but maybe less accurate. But how do I also not hit them over the head with freaking PubMed papers when all they want to do is figure out how the hell they can bench without shoulder pain or get ready for their next, next competition in like a month. So as I've talked to these, these individuals over time, you know, again, it's very much like looking in a mirror. It's the same sort of things that I had to wrestle with, and I feel like I'm in a, better, a much better spot now. By no means do I have it figured out. I don't think either one of us would claim that, but I'm, I'm excited for this because I think you and I will be able to bring a lot of the, a lot of the I'm going to say it, a lot of the keys. I just feel like I just went IG hype hashtag key really for real dude what are you doing i'm 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 owning it man i'm not there's no going back we're get right we're hashtagging stuff already yeah absolutely you didn't plan on it no i didn't bring my hashtag fingers don't worry i got it i always keep them with me um but bringing a lot of the keys a lot of the insights so that people can see a bit more how what this actually looks like because it's one thing i think to have an understanding theoretically of how to how to do that it's another thing to be able to have examples and just kind of have have hopefully the guidance of some people the two of us plus the people will have come on the show lead you know and, and hopefully provide examples that make that gray area a little more comfortable to navigate
0: man i'll tell you what that gray area is so difficult too one of the things i want to see change just professionally for all of us is how much we mask our own self-confidence with continued just education without action. Mm-hmm. Damn it. It's just one of those things like I, I, I want to see people take action and to, to do that to spark it a lot of the times one of my favorite quotes is is greatness is actually found by standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. So we want practical lessons here. I want to talk to Bryce Kralchick about flipping back and forth between walk raw and equipped lifting. I want to talk to, to Matt Mike again about anything, honestly, uh,
1: we could talk wanna, to him about barbecue. I mean, I think I'll, he's in Texas, I, isn't he?
0: I, yeah. Well, I don't know where he is now. I think he's up in like Wisconsin again or something silly. Um, you know, lifting in his basement and, uh, what it's a potato. <laughs> it's a potato. Yeah. It's a potato. It's one of my favorite videos of all time. <laughs> But, you know, just just how how does this stuff look in the trenches and, and how do we get over things like imposter syndrome as coaches and, and clinicians? And and then not just that as athletes, how do we decipher some of the stuff on the Internet? Like, what does it all mean? Because one of the biggest it's, it's an episode that came out a couple months ago uh, on reactive training systems. So I'm just going to harken back to Mike here and people act like Bryce Lewis and Mike are so far apart. Not. And you have this conversation where they talk for like an hour and a half, and you realize like, no, nah, that's a, a pretty a couple things here and there. But yeah. I want people to see that. I want it to be exposed, and I want it to be exposed in a fun way that makes it way more accessible um, for people to just consume and, and better understand that the internet clout that's out there is just it's not really what it's cooked up to be. So totally. I mean, I'm sort of that right ring there.
1: Huh? Sorry, there was a lag there
0: no uh, uh, oh sorry
1: i didn't realize that your canadian uh internet is is slowing down on you there buddy the uh the beavers that run on the turbines they slow down every now and then so it's a problem we gotta we gotta figure that out
0: well if that's the case then you need to re-up your polar bear because he's not doing his thing scaring the
1: beavers to so run now i know listen it's a whole thing we're working on it working on it appreciate it's- it
0: Wildlife energy systems.
1: It's just sustainable. Kind at of?
0: play, it's <laughs> sustainable. It's, it's sustainable energy until the summer where polar bears don't move much.
1: It's it's shh, quiet. Sustainable for here and now, John, which is what counts. Okay, um, fair. <laughs> what I was going to say before was that that's part of the the beauty of having these these conversations, these longer form, just unfettered, fairly relaxed in the trenches sort of conversations where you realize that two people who maybe they themselves, I'm not saying this was Bryce and, and Mike, but I don't know who maybe they themselves thought they ended up having more opposing viewpoints than they did, or that's what we on the outside thought at the start, you start talking and then you find out they agree on a lot more than you figure. I mean, uh, our boy Kevin can, that was, I told you before I've told Kevin to his face too. I, I thought I disagreed with him a lot more, especially when I started finding out a little bit more about who he was like way years ago, he would say something on, in a post or something. I would stick with me like, no, that doesn't make sense. And I think about it and it was like minutes, hours or occasionally days later where it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I I get that. I'm with you. I would say it differently, but I agree. And then people just don't understand his Boston. That's true. It's it's true. Yeah. yeah,
0: what's, What's that movie with Ben Affleck? Where he's robbing stuff.
1: The town. The town. You
0: just don't understand those kind of people.
1: (laughs) It's brilliant. It's true. It's true. Are you saying, are you, did you just drop the dime on Kevin? Is he robbing banks in Boston? No, no, no. No. Not that I know of. I mean, you know what they say about snitches, John. Uh, They get tasty cakes? Sure. We'll go with that one. That's what I'm going to go with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean tasty cakes might mean something in Boston something different in Boston, but that's cool.
0: Oh, you know, like the little Debbie things. Oh Debbie cakes. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Only for snitches.
0: Again, power lifter, always gonna bring back the food.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. I respect that. Consistency. That's what it's about. Okay. Gains for days. Gains that's season. how you squat nine hundred. That's right. And that, that's
0: how I also get my amazing hair flow. Is that is that a secret there to the hair? It is. That
1: and, and not cutting it at all. <laughs> For all of COVID. So, hold on. What was the conversation around the hair? Was that a you thing? Was that a Nikki thing? Was that was that both? Uh,
0: so, it was a couple things. A, it started growing out. And then, unfortunately, the barbershop that I always went to went out of business because of COVID. Uh, and then I started this personal grudge uh, that, he, that my – the grudge E doesn't know about it yet. Well, not <laughs> – not completely, but I have this hair personal grudge with uh, Omar Isiv from Ooh, Iron Culture. Excellent. I wanna I wanna do a hair off with him one day.
1: See, we talked about it half jokingly before we recorded, but I was absolutely going to tee you up to call out Omar on something.
0: Oh yeah. My hair is way better than his.
1: There it is. Ladies. It's way and gentlemen.
0: better than his. It just is. It. Because well it's it's the long hair and the beard. Like mm. I, I think it's probably like, for most people, it's it's either baby face or the beard. Um, but I, you know, beards are in vogue right now, so I think it's I got the, the
1: W. Didn't Omar grow out a goatee for a while? Wasn't he evil, Omar? He was evil, Omar, for a while. Nice. It's not a John Flag beard, but it's something. It's it's more than the baby face. No, this is full blown mountain man. It's it's true. I'm it's just saying we gotta we gotta give the man some props. And if you know what, if people. If people want to see the hair off, I think they should go uh, send uh, Omar some messages and be like, yo. I'm,
0: I'm saying it right now. Challenge accepted." Because I'm going to grow this. <laughs> I'm going to grow this bad boy out now until I, it's actually long enough to
1: donate. Like
0: it, it's to the point where I, I'm doing it for a cause at this point.
1: Oh, he's got a mission behind him. It is not just to take down Omar either. they are nah, beneficiaries. Big, bigger things, man. Bigger things. Look at that. Love it. So go comment on on Omar Esof's. Profile, send us some messages. Tell him that the John Flag over at the uh, as yet unnamed clinical athlete podcast has challenged him to a hair off again.
0: I'm going to take, take that YouTuber down a peg, man. Ooh, yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Challenge. I'm, I'm pre pre accepting the
1: challenge <laughs> that I that I put forth myself. And Eric Helms will moderate the whole hair off, and he'll he'll judge. I mean, he's a bodybuilder, so
0: yeah. I feel like there's bias there, but it's okay.
1: Okay, so we'll bring. Hmm. We'll sort this out.
0: Yeah, we'll figure it out either way. So that's really the intent of this podcast is to <laughs> like, like we just went on a five minute long thing about my hair.
1: This is what uh, it's going to be. So like now, buckle up.
0: And it, it, I, I also want to, with this kind of format, get people to understand that some of these coaches they idolize and some of these athletes they idolize are real people, people. Our real people that they can have fun and they can laugh a little bit and and enjoy this whole process because otherwise, man, it's just not enjoyable. I don't know about you, Jared. I don't want to speak for you. I'm pretty sure that we are like minded in this, but there are very few things that fire me up more than than watching my athletes succeed, but also getting to know them as people and and having a lot of fun, you know, being being a, a positive impact on their life. And that's why most of us get into these things. That's why most of us get into clinical care and coaching and, and even the community of athletes that are around us. If you're an athlete, it's to be a part, a positive part of each other's lives and enjoy that in a really positive way. Yeah. we sometimes have to come down on our athletes hard because of habits and all the other stuff. Yeah. We have to be leaders, but you can be a leader and still have fun with this stuff. And, and I want people to see that from the
1: people they admire. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, you you've pegged it right there. One of my favorite things about being a coach is getting to know my athletes over time. You know, and the people that I work with, um, I spend some time getting to know them first before I make the offer, or if they're asking, or if I offer initially, whatever the sequence is. Spend some time getting to know them and where they're at, what they're trying to do, and so I make it a point the people that I work with are ones who I know I can help, and the ones who I know are going to be a good fit for me personally, and also for the team. And it's, it's incredible, man, to see people, to see people <laughs> not just succeed in the gym. You know, one of my athletes this, this week, it was what it was. She, uh, we started working together cause she had some really long standing back pain. Uh, she couldn't hinge at all. She deadlifted 135 off the floor for the first time in, in a hot minute. And it was awesome. So, you know, those wins are important. Those are things that I love but also same athlete. She is, <laughs> she and I joke around about a whole bunch of stuff. You know, it's it's part of how we've gotten through the really crappy part of not being able to hinge, not being able to do all the things she's wanted to do. You know, and that's one example, um, being able to, to take a genuine interest in other people, in the athletes, and to have them know that, to have them know that I've got their back and that I want the best for them and that they can be really comfortable telling me how they think we're doing, what needs to be changed you know, what other shit is going on in their lives, you know, that's relevant to them as an athlete, you know, cause they're going through board exams or like they just got a divorce or whatever, you know, when people bring that to me, that is, that's probably one of the most, uh, what's the word even, it's one of the things that I value the most cause that speaks to that level of trust they've put in me it tells me they feel comfortable enough to say that and they they know that I'm going to work with them to help them get where they want to go and seeing that come to fruition down the road that's just that's awesome that's what i live for
0: it really is and that's that's where you you do blend just kind of go back to what we were originally talking about that's where that blend of like scientific application like we, we read all this research. We do all this research. We go through effective programming. We go through all that kind of stuff, but there's a bridge there. Like that's not going to solve a divorce. Mm-hmm. That's not going to solve people going through the NPTE exam. Did I say that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It. There we go. Ooh, it. Well actually, done. I think, actually, I think saying exam is redundant because the E is exam.
1: It's true. It's like saying SSB squats.
0: Yeah. See, see, everybody <laughs> knows that's what
1: you're doing. You know what you're doing with an SSB unless you take the handles off and you do JM presses. It's true. It's true. I blew uh, my mind the first time I saw that. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, thanks, Jake Manley, Because here's here my side. Oh, I think I told him how to do this. Anyway. um wow, Way to take the credit. I'm, thanks, buddy. I'm just going to keep taking credit.
0: This, this is my <laughs> show now, Jake. <laughs> so, Amazing.
1: Hey, I know my role. It's cool.
0: But it, it's all about that art and the balance to it. We do struggle a lot. We, we talk so much about communication. We talk so much about some of the, the physiology of this stuff and bridging the gap and, and doing those things together can be difficult. Um, and it's a, it's a constant struggle for a lot of people to find that balance and to, to be able to communicate effectively with their athletes, whether that's in person or digital or across languages. Um, you know, I, I have two, two athletes that are Saudi Arabian and I've mm-hmm. got to use, Google translate at times and I've got to, you know, figure out a way. And that is is part of coaching and and clinical application that doesn't really get touched on enough to to find that balance and not just be stuck in one side or the other, you know, it's, there is some validity. I'm going to go ahead. I'm saying it, I'm saying it out loud. There we go. There is some validity to, I've tried this before and it worked
1: how dare you i know you're not allowed it's, to say that on the internet john
0: it's crazy right i've tried this before and it worked we we lean on research to help guide us through particular situations and better understand the environment in front of us but that doesn't completely invalidate all the other forms of evidence that we can have we were talking uh the last week where like the athletes you work with each one of them is is an n equals one mm-hmm. how do you balance those things how do you figure that stuff out without absolutely melting your brain? Because it can. It can be tough. Oh, it, yeah. Part of it's trial and error. And that doesn't mean I'm telling you all to go out and find some tool on, you know, Amazon.com that's got a one-star review that everybody's telling you doesn't work to so go and give it a shot. Yeah. But if, if there seems to be some logical validity to it and there's – a way that you can justify it with some research and and look at it, then then figure that stuff out. And what is the balance of that? And what have other coaches done? And just learning from all those situations is, is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like here I go, I feel like we've, we've dichotomized ourselves to a point Mm -hmm. where it's like, well, I'm evidence-based and everything else is just BS. And we've pushed people to well, I'm never going to read a paper again. I'm just going to do do it myself and figure out what works.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. No, I think you're. I think you're right. You know, unfortunately. Although I do think I, my hope is that. I mean, unfortunately, of course, I'm right. Not, 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 You're right all the time. I think what you're right about is unfortunate. Chill out, okay? <laughs> Goodness. SSB squats. Um, <clears throat> not over it. Anyway. But no, I think that you've, you know, you've pegged that there. I'm hoping that by having more, it sounds cliche, but here it is by having more of these conversations, it ends up, it ends up allowing people to, to feel like they don't have to be in one camp or the other, because going back to that gray area and, you know, what seems to come up as I talk to other coaches and clinicians, especially earlier on in their career is that it, there seems to be this this pull or this pressure to either be part of that like full on evidence based crew or like this is what Louis Simmons said and they're strong and that's what I'm going to do. And it's a, it's a false dichotomy a lot of the time. You know, I, I obviously think that it's important to have research and for us to think critically about these things <laughs> when it comes down to being in the trenches, working with people. I think that having that, research background is important it'll help you to to inform what you do but also there's a time and a place i think to just trying something because you got a gut feeling and maybe you float the idea to the the client like here's what i'm thinking about here's the issue we're trying to solve we haven't tried this thing yet i think it might help us move the needle this way but i don't really know but if we tried it here's how i think we can do it what do you think should we give it a whirl? For a week for four weeks or something like that. And the other thing that I always come back to, whether coaching or in the clinic is that the relationship is really what, what it boils down to. If you have that rapport? If the athlete knows they can trust you, if, if you're consistent in terms of how you communicate with them, they know I don't, they don't, they're not having to guess. Am I going to get happy Jared? Am i going to get sad Jared. It's just, it's just Jared. He shows up the same way and I know what I'm going to get which makes me feel at ease saying what I'm thinking and putting that on the table. Cause then the two, the two parties, you and the athlete get to figure this out together. What's probably going to make the most sense for them at that point in time. And then you try it and you see if it works. It's kind of the fun part. And if it works awesome, maybe you keep doing that thing. If it doesn't work, that's cool. You just, you go through the process again. And yes, that can be frustrating. Yes, it can be tough. Uh, John, I'll speak for you here. I know you and I have both had circumstances where we tried some things and have not been able to make headway with a client, and it's frustrating as hell. Those are going to happen, but I think embracing some of the experimental nature and the the messiness and the you know sort of the spontaneity of of what coaching can be, while also balancing that out with what we know or we can find out from the research and talking to other people who've been in it for longer than us. I think that all helps a lot.
0: You know, what's even more frustrating is when you got this new paper that you just read and you think <laughs> it's awesome and you immediately go to apply it and it falls completely <laughs> flat.
1: That's that's specific. And it sounds like you've got a particular instance you're thinking of.
0: Oh man, I, I don't have a particular instance. I probably have a thousand.
1: maybe <laughs> me with one. What's one of them?
0: Oh man. Um, so I remember, I had a patient in the clinic with bilateral patellar tendinopathy. Right, mm. just thing was raging. Nice. Just could not get it under control. Um, and I'd gotten a couple papers sent to me with heavy slow eccentrics, mm. and immediately started to implement, changed a lot of the programming. And guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. It 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 just. You, you take it from a singular thing, and I thought, man, this is
1: the key. The answer. <laughs> I found Hashtag it. key. <laughs> yes, he did it. We made it. He there said, it. we go.
0: Hashtag key. <laughs> uh, and it just it didn't. It didn't work. Uh, and then you know this is actually funny because it took me down another rabbit hole because what did end up working is actually sitting down and talk to them about their, their actual – what, what their training was looking like, how much training load they were going through and they were just training way too much. So we scaled that back. We started to do some other things and it, it, we started to see a turn. So then I dove hard into like the training load literature and, and, uh, chronic workload ratios and felt that was the golden (laughs) nugget. And then the next thing you know, it's like, Oh, thanks Franco. He just like (laughs) smashed my head open with that. That's great. Um, so that that's the thing. It's that it, it can be extraordinarily frustrating, totally. but there is there's there is a level a healthy level of experimentation you have to do yourself to guide you through this. And you know you mentioned it, so this is not me. Nobody can start yelling, <laughs> oh, John's the West Side guy. I they said start that. yelling at me for that, right? You're like people dis they, they sit there and they they dis Louis. All over the place. And there there has to be some level of like he produced some strong ass people. You've got it, you've got to give him some credit for that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. You've got to give him some credit for some of the some of the things he's come up with and, and put people through. Does it work all the time? No. Does every program work all the time? No. <laughs> Most programs will work for a time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: L- literally for a time it could be a week it could be six weeks it could be 12 weeks but act, asking like something is the end all be all where somebody's completely invalid is probably not the best way to learn about some of these things
1: yeah and moreover too i mean i think, think you've pegged that there it, it irritates me actually no hold on before i say that west side oh. is
0: you okay. have to say sorry. You ir- you said irritated. <laughs> the Canadian came right up. Sorry, I'm irritated. I'm.
1: I'm I am irate, sir. Um, West Side perfect. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, wait. I apologize. Uh, West Side is a great example for me because I went through that same evolution where I knew of I knew of West Side. I saw, uh, friggin' Power Unlimited that that documentary. I'm like, oh, this is cool, and then went the other way of like West side is outdated and like Louie doesn't know what he's talking about and has bad tattoos on his forearm. I haven't necessarily changed my opinion on that last one. Um, but now I'm at a point where I, I think that it's worth at least listening to, to more of what he's saying and you know why he's saying, it. trying to understand that as best as one can. Because when I did that before I was listening listening through the lens i'm mis- mixing analogies but i was listening to him already with my mind made up like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about and like just finding the counterpoint to every single thing and you can do that i just don't find that to be incredibly productive and at this point in time i find it really interesting to listen to this guy who's whether you like it or not i don't care whether you like west side whether you like louis he has been incredibly influential, not just for strength sports, but for sports in general, strength and conditioning is across the athletic world. Don't care, come at me, we'll talk about it. But he's he's made his mark. So hearing about what he's saying, why he said it, and what results he's achieved, I think it's worth doing. Um, I owe, I owe a lot of that <laughs> to Kevin Can, because Kevin said that same thing. I'm learning more from Louis, and then that got me to to listen or just take more of an interest in it. You know, last thing I'll say about this. You sure? No, not at all. Is one of the things that irritates me the most. You're sorry. Yes. I'm not actually not about this one.
0: Okay. Oh, he's laying it out there. (laughs) I'm laying this one out. Yeah.
1: This one's for real. When it comes to strength sport, powerlifting in particular, or these these camps of like I'm evidence based and I'm not, that exists in rehab too. But we'll stay powerlifting. I can't imagine how seeing these these internet wars, these comment thread bashings back and forth, making fun of other people within the community ends up being positive or encouraging for the person or the people who's just kind of gotten interested in powerlifting. Like they saw some people who are kind of strong at their gym and like they want to know what it's about. And they go on, they see, they see a post just where everyone's dogpiling on some other coach because they don't like how they do it. Or they think their coaching is shit or they use non-fancy Excel spreadsheets. It's just a Google doc. And how is that? How is that helpful for anybody other than maybe, you know, circle jerking for your own ego's sake? Um, how does that help the people who want to get into strength and want to start training a bit better? How does that help us serve our clients better? Whether you like the other person or not, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. So stop being stupid.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that is the most filled with rage you will ever see this Canadian. It's Very my God i like
1: been likely. chills. Excellent. They're
0: multiplying.
1: <laughs> and he made the grease reference.
0: And I make the grease joke. There we go. <laughs> I, yeah, man, this is something, you know, I, oh, I'm going to date myself here as I get older. Back in um, the day. Back in the day. Like coaches are always going to argue about uh, their particular methodologies. Like that's just part of it. But yeah. what we started to see now is like these camps and, you know, they get out there, they're torches and pitchforks on Instagram or Facebook. And it, it just becomes a bigger battle. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. How does that actually help? And we talk so much about toxicity and in toxic environments. Like how, how is that not creating a toxic environment? Like, especially with people just getting into it, you push so many people away from your sport. And this, this is, this is beyond, you know, just powerlifting. This is, this is any, you know, you look at, at, battles between soccer coaches, you look at battles between strength and conditioning coaches at the collegiate levels, you you look at any of this stuff and those those arguments when not held in a professional discourse are are toxic. They're toxic to your athletes, they're toxic to other coaches, and it creates this really rough place where the sharing of ideas and and in including knowledge and bringing people up doesn't happen. If you really want to see your sports grow, if you really want to see the performances of those sports grow, then you have to nurture some of this stuff. You have to nurture the knowledge and not just shut it all down. Uh, And I I do, I get it. Uh, You you get some people, they get all fired up. It's like, oh, well, if you allow people to do some of these things, you're wasting their time or your X, Y, Z. Look, that stuff is going to flush itself out in the wash. It does. It really does. Oh, you're going to hurt somebody. How do you know that? Mm-hmm. How, tell me definitively that this person's not going to wise up. And just like we talk about in other, other, other portions, the market will decide.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, just you, you don't have to create an Instagram war.
1: No, you don't. And, you know, we keep them back to these two guys. And I think that's maybe a testament to just how good of an example they seem to be setting in the strength sport world. But Mike Tashir, Bryce Lewis, there was an episode. I can't remember whether it originally aired on maybe it's the RTS podcast, but it was Mike talking to Bryce, Eric Helms, Greg Knuckles. And I don't know if there's somebody else, another coach, but they were poking holes. Mike wanted them to poke holes in his emerging strategies framework. That is one of the coolest things I've ever seen from any coach ever. It was a very professional conversation. You know, to the best of my knowledge, all these guys know each other pretty friendly that I think they presented at conferences won't speak for them. That's just my perception of it. But you know, Bryce poked his holes and Eric brought up, brought up his points. And so did Greg and Mike batted ideas back and forth of them, but it never got defensive. One thing that, Mike clearly demonstrated there that I think we all could use reminders of regularly is to separate himself, his identity from the idea where, yeah, emerging strategies. That's, that's what people are going to associate with Mike now, RTS. That's his, his company. But when people are poking holes in the framework, one, they're not at least those guys anyway, weren't attacking Mike. They were just challenging ideas to, and the purpose of it was to make, make things better so that people benefit. That was the the driving force behind all of it. So I think that's freaking cool.
0: And it made a system, it made a, a, a way of looking at programming, which I already find to be very, very good and refined mm-hmm. even better. Like that, that's why you get into these discussions is so you can get challenged and you can get it. You can make those things better. That's so one of the things we want to bring with this is like, I want to talk to Bryce. I want to talk to all these these coaches, not just in the powerlifting world, but throughout strength and conditioning and barbell sport and, and all of it and, and talk about how we can make these things better. And for athletes, how you can make your own training better and, and understand it in a really actionable, like take this away from this podcast and, and start to implement now type,
1: type manner and also
0: make fun of Jared the entire time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's really going to be the draw. I'm going to own that shit. Yeah. You just got to,
0: you got to, you got to take it in stride, man.
1: (laughs) Love it. So as we bring it in for, for a close, I think this is great. I I actually think this is a really positive uh, sort of indication of how this is going to go. Cause you and I started this having a very, very basic framework. I don't know how long you thought we were going to go, but we've been recording for about 37 minutes, almost 40 minutes. And I love it.
0: I was staring
1: at the clock at 10
0: minutes and going, I don't know how much longer we got in. I did did the
1: same thing. (laughs) So (laughs) not a problem, folks, not a problem. So as we bring it in for a close, because this podcast is as yet unnamed, we need your nameless. We need your help. John, what do we need the people to do?
0: I need you to go on either my Instagram John rebuild stronger, Jared's Instagram, Jared unbreakable strength or the clinical athlete Instagram, find our poll in our stories and vote on one of the options that we have for the now nameless podcast,
1: do it up. And if anybody has questions or topics that you want to see John and myself talk about or people you want to have us bring on, not only are we going to put up polls around this sort of stuff shoot us messages. We're very active. Instagram is probably both for both. Blah, blah, try again. Instagram is probably best for both of us. Is that right, John?
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: I'm on Instagram all day. Cool. So go ahead, shoot us messages, you know, introduce yourself. Let us know, you know, how excited you are for the hair off between John and Omar. Let us know how many times you've messaged Omar. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking for a minimum of three times a day from everybody just to make this happen because strength in numbers, you know, um, But yeah, talk to us and uh, we're excited. I I really can't wait to get more of these going and just hopefully engage and and do something fun and useful for y'all.
0: One last thing, too, just to set an expectation. If you want to chat with us, if you want to talk about anything, if you want to be on this, Mm -hmm. just reach out to us. Just ask. It's not like some application or anything like that. Just reach out. Jared and I literally this is how we talk to anybody like we're we're an open book send the message take a chance on yourself you know we'll we'll talk to you about it and we'll we'll get after it from
1: there 100% just ask make the ask
0: Jared anything else before you go and uh up your polar bear's food
1: uh, i've been dreading it all day that bastard um no nah, man this is fun i'm uh, i'm looking forward to the next one cool that is it
0: for our inaugural first Numero uno, nameless podcast. We will hopefully, after the second one, we'll have a name and maybe a guest. But until then, everybody, thank you so much. See you on the flip side. Peace.